0: Not a very well,
1: good one. I was going to say that many of us spend our entire lives time trying to taste our dreams. But we here at the Awesome Village are going to taste some tonight. Welcome, my name is Greg and joining me is... Ryan. John. Glenn. So uh, we were trying to impress you guys with the opening of a...
0: Of a bottle of Coke, but it, it just yeah. was like, it fizzled.
1: Now, what which flavor is this Coke? Oh, It smells like shit. So It's apparently shit like, flavor? I
2: was, I was waiting in line to check out the other day and... Uh, it smells all it fruity, fruity and shit. And I saw this. It's a light blue bottle, and it says Coca-Cola Dream World Limited Edition Dream Flavored Coca-Cola. It
1: smells like, like someone tried to cover up vomit with Febreze. <laughs>
3: Bigfoot's <a>
1: dick. Yeah. <laughs> it smells like fruity shit.
3: All right. Well, here we go. All right. Salute, so gentlemen. Chen chin, chin.
0: Plastic to our cups. dreams.
3: to so someone's dreams? and dreaming of mangoes. Maybe?
1: Why? Why you does
0: taste mango? I don't know what the fuck I taste. I taste mango.
2: Oh, you're right.
3: I think someone's dreaming of mangoes,
2: or possibly peach. Ugh.
3: I get. Uh, I'm picking a mango. I feel like Data when he's drinking that generation. <laughs> it is revolting. <laughs> More, yeah. please. Hey, I, mean, is, I mean, it, it could looks, be a nightmare. Looks like know. he hate, looks, looks like he hates it.
1: Good point.
0: Yeah, I'm not drinking anymore.
1: Of that shit, that's terrible. It's a dream inside of a dream. <laughs> well, now we know what dreams taste like. And yeah. Apparently, like in reality, it's yeah, it's a lot of shit. That's terrible.
2: Yeah, that's not
1: good. You know, unrelated, but this actually reminded me. Um, I've been seeing previews for that new George Miller movie where Idris Elba plays a genie. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. I
2: really want to see that.
1: We should go. I mean, which, by the by, my my wife will be out of town this weekend going to a concert. Um, so she like, see? Ah, uh, it's like a, a hip-hop show that for huh. much of a 90s artist, if I'm not mistaken. Is Vanilla Ice going to be there? Um, I don't know. No. Um, if, if he is, I will be surprised, because I think he switched to, like, metal because he needed the respect. But, uh, you know, but, Robert Van Winkle. What, what but if they offered
3: there? him money to show up at a hip-hop show? Oh, I guarantee show, you, yeah. yeah he'd he'd be, like,
1: the, the rookie of the year playing guitar at the, the Comic-Con.
3: <clears throat>
1: so, guys, um, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Yeah. Um I'm seeing here on our notes that we have a restaurant review. Yeah,
0: I went to a a restaurant I've never been to before. Bring Um, it the
1: fuck on, Ryan.
0: Well, me and my girlfriend are going on vacation um, in November. We're going to be going to the Dominican Republic. And just out of pure coincidence, I went to this place on the West Bank called the Butcher Block. Um, They have great chicken salad and Good meats there.
2: Yeah, there's a Dominican place right by there. I've right, that's
0: so. Like I, w- I, was there and I saw like the sign. I was like, oh, there's a Dominican restaurant right here. It's so, right by
2: there's a sushi place right there. Yep, yeah,
0: the uh, Cafe Zen is a sushi yeah. place next to it. So uh, we went there for a kind of early like, uh, like brunch lunch type thing. Um, and uh, man, let me tell you, I got to I got the trimal
2: How was the mofongo?
0: It was really <laughs> good. It was very garlicky. Um, apparently the name of the restaurant, by the way, is Mangu. Um, and apparently the the plantain dish can either be made as a mofongo which is where they fry it and saute it with like some garlic or stuff or they can do it with like a mango which is a different type of preparing it which i didn't get that but i got this crispy fried pork um which came with like a slaw with the mafungo. it was amazing my girlfriend got like a um basically like a dominican shepherd's pie basically with, with mm. chicken and stuff it was amazing um and then they had some specialty drinks. I got this non-alcoholic drink that tastes <laughs> just like a like a push up pop,
3: what like an orange, like a creamsicle, yeah, like
0: mm-hmm. an orange creamsicle. It was delicious. Ooh. Nice. She had gotten this alcoholic drink that I don't remember what uh, the name of it was, but it tasted very tropical. Like it's one of those commercials where you take a sip and it's like I'm I'm on the beach in the mind. Like that's what. Let it me, let me go it. back for a minute though. You got a non-alcoholic drink. It was uh yeah. I actually, I didn't. I wasn't really. Um, feeling alcohol at the time, and I, I, that drink like sounded
3: delicious when I was reading the description of it. Some, sometimes the, the non-alcohol ones, they, they do sound and it good. Was
0: like, it was like, you know, sort of like a Dominican special drink, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna try that, so, um, yeah, it was a, it's a very small restaurant. The staff could not be more courteous. The, the, the waiter we had was just telling us about how he had just come back from the Dominican Republic, and, um, it was one of those restaurants where when we were done, like, I, I told her, I was like, I can't wait to come back and try something else. Was...
2: Yeah, like, I saw that little strip there, and it's, like, a bunch of just, like, different ethnic restaurants. There's a, yeah. there's a, a cafe's in. I want to say there's a Thai restaurant in
0: there. That one, I think that moved. Oh, did that, it? That, okay. That's where Banana Blossom used to be. Yeah, well, I think there's something there now. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the, the Banana Blossom restaurant, which is. Banana lovely, Blossom is really good. They are re- very, very good. But, uh, yeah, I highly recommend Mangu. I think uh, the food was fantastic. He recommended. Uh, I didn't try this, but I'm going to try it next time I go. He, the braised goat, he said is is phenomenal. So I'm, I'll be trying that next time, and I'll pass that review along. But uh, definitely give that you know out of five stars. I'd probably give Mangoo about four and a half.
1: Nice, high praise. Excellent. I I actually you maybe rem- remember I went and tried a restaurant I've never tried before, um, which is Velvet Cactus.
0: Oh yeah, I've heard
1: of that. We're, I've been there in Lake Lakeview. View. <laughs> it, was, it was very good. However, some guy at work was like, oh, I've never had anything good there. I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck you tasted. So what kind
0: of, what kind of food is it?
1: It's Mexican It's food. a Mexican restaurant. Um, but I, we have a friend who's like, who's going to be moving out of town to Florida, and she really likes Mexican food, but her, uh, her fiancé doesn't. So he's out of town right now, so we went and we, we went to have a meal there, and Heather really likes it. Um, the th- cool thing is – like so it was like a Taco Tuesday-type scenario – and we went, so I was like, I'll, I'll get tacos. And I looked at their tacos because you can get a, a two-taco plate with, like, some sides. And uh, there were, I kept going back and forth as to what sounded interesting. They have porco pibil tacos. Nice. Um, I did not get that, though, because as I was looking, I was originally going to get the, the, the pork and uh, the, the steak ones. Um, but I found there was brisket tacos. Ooh. And that wasn't, like, what sold me, though. The brisket tacos had a horseradish sauce and, like, fried onion strings on it. And all of them have these really different type. You know, things on it. Uh, For size, I went with the premium size. They had Brussels sprouts, and then they had uh, these uh, cheddar chipotle grits, which were amazing.
0: Interesting the way you're describing, like, the food choices that you had. Um, One of the things that I talked about after we left the Dominican restaurant, because it's Hispanic food was I kind of preferred it to Mexican food, because Mexican food can be very heavy. Well, Tex-Mex. Yeah, yeah. and what, what, what you're describing, like, it doesn't sound anything like that would well, be like, really I, heavy. I told her I want to go you.
1: back. We might go to, uh, tomorrow night as like, a, for a date night, but like the, I, I want to try all, more stuff on the menu. There was actually, we had as a drink a, a blueberry mojito, Ooh, well, that which was good. really good. It it's, was very light. I'm a fiend. I'm a fiend. But yeah, like, I, I, yeah, you reminded me that... Uh, hey, darling, that I did that. two
3: Bacardi mojitos and a gin and tonic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> any other restaurants or anything you guys did Um, I'm trying to think not really um,
0: I did get a notification on my, on my Sonic app that there's some kind of specialty burger that is available exclusively on the app this week before it goes public some kind of uh, double cheeseburger with like onion strings and some kind of special
1: aioli or something And I saw there's
2: some kind of crazy pickle burger there too that's got like fried pickles that looks burgers. terrible yeah so,
1: okay okay you just reminded me of another thing. So if you if you have time, you, I, I know that you guys don't watch probably as much YouTube as I do, but like, there's this guy Guga, and he has a, a channel called Guga Foods, and he he lives in Miami, but he does different experiments with steaks. Like he's done stuff like uh, he made like a Doritos cheese dust and like cooked a steak with that. He did one uh, deep fried in bone marrow, all kinds of different things. That um, sounds expensive as hell. Yeah, th- dude. Like I mean, he's got enough followers that he probably makes a ton on it. But he did the other day a, a a burger challenge where it was like the eighty twenty blend seventy thirty. He did one with just butter as the the fat in it, and then he did one that was 50-50. Oh God! But like the, this channel. Where did you crazy. find fifty fifty ground beef? He made it. Oh, he made it. Oh wow! Yeah, he took the, he he cut everything and he he ground the fat separately and then he combined it. But that's like the thing. Like he does a lot of the, that kind of stuff from scratch and he makes these these very interesting sides. Uh, like he made one. It was he had leftover lasagna noodles so he like he made them and then he rolled them up and made these little like stuffed it had like a chorizo sausage in it and a couple of other things nice
3: we did try a cool recipe last night that we got from chris hemsworth it was um because he has an, a like a fitness app called i think it's center is what, it, what it's called where you can, if you ever want to have chris hemsworth um narrate a meditation he has those on there but there was a um recipe uh, smoky tomato and chicken pasta bake but Sandra just called it Thor casserole and I it, saw that post it was it was fantastic
1: I have a theory yes. that the pleasurable sounds and noises you guys made when you ate this <laughs> reverberated through time and that's what caused her water to break when you watched the trailer I mean, that could be, could
3: be. Like it travels through the through the bifrost
1: that's very true And speaking of things that travel through time, let's talk a little bit about Trainwreck Woodstock 99. Uh, Who's seen this? Oh, I have not. I did. did. Okay. So, uh. Trainwreck
0: is right. (laughs) Woodstock, what was there, 1965 or four was the The original? Anyway, we all know what that original Woodstock was all about. Peace, love, harmony. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, and, uh. Nobody really remembers all the bad stuff about that Woodstock. Like, apparently, like they didn't have water; they had traffic problems there. But nobody ever talks about that. They always talk about, you know, it was all just this great, you know, ball ball love, man. It it was 1969. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So then,
2: so hopefully in 2029 we'll have the it'll be the next 30 years from this one and we'll do it again. uh, And then
0: was it in 1994? (laughs) I believe was the was the second Woodstock, which was like the one where it rained.
2: And like it, nobody was there, and,
0: and it was like just kids covered in mud, and you know it was, but it was
1: peaceful. And a sprained ankle. <laughs>
0: it, 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 apparently everything was fine. So anyway, they uh, they decided to try and do a third Woodstock, Woodstock '99, and because it was the anniversary, of the it was original. the anniversary, and uh, I remember when this happened. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. um, I
3: remember um, this guy we used to work with, um, Sanderson was. I don't know. He he said he was going. I don't remember if he actually sense. went or not. <laughs> I'm a so, Okay,
1: I'm. I'm gonna preface it with the fact that the way you guys were talking about, it, I don't remember a lot about it. I remember it, its existence. This sounds like a lot like the Fire Festival. Where no,
0: oh this no, Fire Festival was more like. Um, and I just watched that documentary, but that one was more like a bunch of rich, um, <coughs> pretentious. Right. Bless you. Thank you. you. Thank pre- you. Pretentious douchebags who were just all about money and they didn't really think or use their head about what they were doing. These people were. They were more experienced and they knew how to put on a festival, but they just didn't. They made some really crucial <laughs> errors. They made mistakes. And like one of the first mistakes was who they booked. They didn't realize who a lot of these bands were. <laughs> so, like, you know, when you book Limp Biscuit, Corn, and at this time, that, that was, they're the top bands in the world. <laughs> and Sheryl Crow. Per- and Sheryl Crow. And, like, <laughs> and, and Jewel. And,
1: and, J- and James Brown. He opened it. He they? opened it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was very odd. Anyway. Um, and uh, with Willie Nelson. Right? Willie Nelson. Did, did one, he and Fred D3? Durst
1: do a duet? Do, do we know? Fred Durst.
0: Fred Durst is, uh, he becomes quite infamous yeah. uh, in this documentary. But anyway, um, before we get into that. So when they were trying to plan this thing, apparently the Woodstock 94 did not turn much of a profit for them. So they were hell-bent on making this such a big thing that they had to make money off of it. So they were trying to come up with ways to make it more economical. And they found, like, a military base.
3: It was like a a shut-down...
0: Shut-down military base. But they weren't thinking about, you know, the fact that it's, what, 90% asphalt.
3: It's concrete.
0: And it's very hot. (laughs) And so, just to preface that, that's how it starts. The booking of these heavy, heavy rock bands. And Sheryl Crow. Sheryl Crow, (laughs) who was constantly asked to show her tits through the entire documentary. By the fans that were there, it was it was unreal.
3: And was it Fat Boy Slim? He had like a whole rave section. Yeah, they he? had like
0: each night they had like a, the, the
2: the rave hanger. But
3: uh,
0: and then so basically you you factor in that enormous prices to get in, and then they're not allowed to bring any outside drinks. So like
3: including water,
0: like people showed up with just lots of water, and they weren't allowed to bring water into this event. So mm-hmm. when they get into the event, now this is 1999. The water was there was the like four dollars. It started at $4. It started at, it four, started at $4, but mm-hmm. as the water supplies depleted, the prices were going up.
3: You got up to what? $12 by, bucks by for a bottle By day three, of water. It,
2: was, it was $12 for a bottle of water.
0: That's like prison prices. And, uh, but they without, did have water fountains. D- I don't, don't, don't want to get into Street. spoilers yeah. for that because... It's bad. The, the, the one phrase that Glenn uh, uttered when we were talking about this was trench mouth. Yeah. You're going to find out about trench mouth in this documentary. Um, <laughs> hey Chucko that doesn't smell like mud. It is it is
3: really really good. It's three
0: episodes on Netflix.
3: And the, I like the way they do it where each episode's a day of the festival cuz it was a 3-day festival.
0: Yeah, and it you know the first day was like and the, the the fucking organizers were just like they reminded me of Leslie Nielsen in the Naked Gun. It's like nothing to
3: see here. <laughs> well, so talk <laughs> about living like a disconnect from reality. Right. Some of these organizers still think it was a success. Yeah, um and, and the yeah, fact that they're making a documentary called Trainwreck,
2: and I love how, and I'm not going to give yeah, I'm not going to give this spoiler away, but they talk throughout the documentary that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to be the last band on the on the last day, but they were planning something special for after, and nobody knew what it was, and people are yeah guessing. As, and as this documentary has gotten worse and worse, when they finally tell you what it is, you're just like,
0: oh, this is going to go well. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't don't spoil it because it's quite a.
3: Oh yeah, and if you ever curious, complete morons, it's, it's, and I
0: love how the one guy who was like. You're not really gonna
3: do this, are you? <laughs> yeah. You can't do this. And if you're ever curious what um Flea looks like completely naked playing the guitar. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um He was he was slapping the bass. He was slapping the bass. <laughs> the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um they, they I will say I was impressed with some of the interviews they got. Because, I mean they interviewed Gavin Rosdale and yeah. um I mean it was uh I'm And pr- mad props to Gavin
0: Rosdale yeah for what, for what he had to go through and, and Really did an awesome I, job.
2: I, I told Glenn, I was like, because corn came out and everybody went nuts for corn. And I was never like, I don't dislike corn, but I was never a big corn fan. And Gavin Rosdale was talking about how the crowds going nuts, and he's like, I don't know how me and I can go out there and just follow that. And he goes out and starts playing. I'm like, I would have been like, yeah, <laughs> was like, cause it was yeah, like, I mean, Bush the, was the, awesome. Yeah.
3: The only thing I kind of remember about corn that I thought was funny was when they played themselves in South Park, and it was like the Scooby Doo. Yeah, episode. yeah, um, yeah. I remember I was watching this with my girlfriend, and this this
0: music, this is my music. When I was a, te- a teenager in high school,
1: you never played music.
0: No, but I listened to it. But anyway, like Limp Biscuit, Corn, you know, Kid Rock—that was like everyone was listening. How many
1: to times that. did Fred Durst mention his red hat? Like he did in every. I'm song. not going to
0: talk about, but it, Fred Durst—you, you, you have to see it to understand what he did. Yeah, he's
1: like the Matrix. And it's it, whatever he did, he did it all for well, that nucky.
0: <laughs> and the funny thing about it, like we're me and my girlfriend are watching it, and I was just like. Uh, She's like, I can't believe no one died. And I was like, well, I'm sure, you know, I know no one died, but I am afraid to think about the sexual assaults that took place. And they briefly go into it by, I think it's day three. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I can't, I mean, the ones that they probably know about are bad, but I can't even imagine the ones that probably didn't even get reported. Because it was it like. How many hundreds of thousands of
3: people were at this?
0: Was it 200,000 something people? Something like that. Sure it was just that? an obscene amount. But uh, the interesting thing about the Fred Durst Limp Bizkit scenario is they actually do a good job of presenting it where one guy is like, you know, Fred Durst is an asshole for what he did and fuck that guy. And another guy was like, well, you can't blame Limp Bizkit for being Limp Bizkit. They went out there and they they were Limp Bizkit. So it's like it's a double edged sword because Mm -hmm. at the same time, they really just wanted Limp Bizkit to try and not make things (laughs) worse. And that's not what happened. It didn't happen that way. And I remembered that hearing about the song that they played that actually set it all off. I mean, if, what, if you
2: book Ozzy Osbourne and put a bunch of bats on stage,
0: it's your fault yeah, what happens. But
1: the song "Break Stuff" you, is what look, sent. You don't want to mess with them, Biscuit, because they get it on every day and every night.
0: They actually do have some right? sweet, you know, uh, "Behind Blue Eyes." That's a that's a good, you know, mellow song. All right. At any rate, <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was better when the Who did it. Oh, really? Did I did not know that. You you didn't know that was a remake? No.
3: Yeah, I wasn't so that, the, they, who, the Who, that's not his music That's, sh- my music. that's true Thank you, Glenn <laughs> <laughs> He
1: had nothing to do with the production of that music
0: <laughs> See, had I, had I announced that I was a fan of The Who Then somebody would have tweeted at me Oh, I was a fan of The Who back in the 70s When you weren't even born yet Because, you know, that's, that's the
1: society we live in today Yeah, I like the Beatles That's my response to that yeah. um, <clears throat> So I'm very interested to hear this Ryan what? got to watch Picard oh. Season 1
0: yeah, um, so I, I had a second bout with COVID. It was fine. Not too bad. I'm all good. But uh, I had to quarantine, and um, I decided to finally catch up on Picard, because I love Patrick Stewart, and I love that character. The line must be drawn here. That's a great scene. This just is stay this is the most one of the most infuriating <clears throat> seasons of a show I can remember, because, and I'm going to get into spoilers on this. So it's just,
3: the, This is season one, so it's been out for a few years. And
0: we're about to have season three, but... Up until the arrival of seven of nine, I would say this the season one was like a like a seven point five, I would give it. Like it was a lot of <laughs> That's not a seven point not a seven point nine. Not, not like, 7.9. Seven and a half out of nine. <laughs> but it was like it was really intriguing. There was some mystery, you know, with the board cube and the Romulans and what did Picard do and everything and this mission to save this android that could be a data's kid and it was all really interesting. And then it just sort of just like kinda of went off the rails, like I was so let down by the arrival of uh, Deanna and Riker. Like, oh, I love that. I episode. did find it hilarious that, like, you know, I'm waiting for something really special, and Riker's out in the fucking woods Make making a pizza, making, He's making, making a pizza with his giant pizza oven. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, well, Riker, oh, they they did set it up that he loved to cook on the show. I, I get all that. Yeah. I just expected a little bit more of his
3: their arrival. Um, well, they they were at home, Picard arrived. I just and then like, Touché. so. <laughs> That's the one episode that I'll say that I really
0: liked was Nepenthe. Then um, I'll just fast forward to the end. Yeah, go for it. Because what the fuck? Like, I know there's another season of Picard. So apparently he's diagnosed in season one. I'm sorry, episode one that he's got this.
1: He's diagnosed in all good things dot, dot, dot with Eremotic syndrome. Yeah. Okay,
0: well, it's, it's explained in Get the Get your first... shit right, Ryan. Okay, so, I'm trying to tell people about
3: this show who may have
0: not seen The Next Gen. And they say in the first episode he's gonna die. He's got some kind of terminal thing. We don't know how long, blah, 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 blah.
3: And he's really grumpy. Yeah.
0: So, he. I know there's a season two, so I know he's. Well, I thought he was not gonna die. But, like, when he gets to the final episode and what he does to sacrifice himself to save everybody, I was like, this is really great. Uh, I was like, I was really. I love how the characters were all emotional. You saw every character sort of make a bit of a journey. Their character changed based on them going on this adventure with Picard. Um, and then they fucking turn him into an android? Are, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, this is so stupid. Why would they do this? Well,
3: it's, they don't turn him into They just put him in an android body. And then,
0: like, he's dreaming and he's talking to Data, and which I thought was just like, you know... It was cool, but kind of odd. But then, when like Data tells him, "Yeah, you're going, you're all right," or what, and then he wakes up and they're telling him, "Hey, yeah, we saved your brain waves, and now you're an android." And I was like, "This, this can't be real. They, <laughs> they didn't do this." And then I, I love how Picard is sitting there. He's like, "You guys didn't make me immortal, did you?" And they're like, "No, we, we kind of guesstimated how you would, pro- how long you'd probably live, and that's how long you're gonna survive." And he's like. Oh, I said ten years or <laughs> twenty I'm
3: like, what the fuck is going on? This is like Well, I'm just gonna tell you season two, they kinda brush over that.
1: <laughs> he's just For cut. all intents and purposes, he's just a like they grew a human. Yeah. I, I hated hated the end so much. So I'll tell you this, like I kinda think it meanders where they didn't know what they wanted to commit to and what they didn't. Well, I thought that at first, I... but then in the first episode they said he was going to die. So so here but here's the thing. So that first episode to that point. How did you feel about that first episode as it a whole? It was great.
0: Like, I, I love the first like four episodes. The first
1: episode had me so excited because, again, the way we find Picard is not what we're used to with Picard. Which I thought was good. Which was great. And the resolution to that, when we talk about when you always like to make fun of me for saying earned moments, that is an incredibly earned arc within that first episode. So it
0: all comes back to The Last Jedi.
1: It, I didn't say a fucking word about that. Earn this. Earn this! Damn right, Captain Miller. <laughs> That's, That's
0: Greg's new nickname, <laughs> Captain, Captain Miller. Cap- Greg I'll, Captain I'll take Noah. that. Greg's going to show Captain John up Miller at film reviews, <laughs> and just telling directors
1: earn this, <laughs> earn, this. <laughs> earn it.
0: No, I get what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know where we see Picard is not where we left him in Next Generation, but well, they but... they establish an event that sort of traumatizes him. But by and, the time you find also...
1: out what happened, it really. But he also, I love when he tells himself, he's like, he's like, you know what? Uh, this is not who I, how I am. Fuck this! And he kind of like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck some shit up.
0: I, yeah, I, I, I liked all that, and <clears throat> I, I don't pro- know. The
1: I- problem I had is this: the issue is like the the slow burn that it starts with. It's kind of compressed at the end, a lot like the last season of Game of Thrones, where I like the elements with the Borg and with the Romulans. But when you put it all together, it's like stuff that has too many triggers have to be pulled too quickly.
0: Well, I was a bit confused. Like, did Romulus blow up? Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, that's
3: that set up in Star Trek 09.
0: And I didn't know... I, it, and yeah, but I didn't know if it actually happened. Like, I don't remember if they actually yeah. were very clear on if the supernova... It has
3: happened! To... I saw it! Don't <laughs> tell, don't me, tell me, that me it happened. didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Um, Nero put his nuts on the chopping block. And uh, I, I
0: find it <laughs> kind of unrealistic that, like, they refuse to give Picard a ship because of what happened. But the moment
3: he calls for help... A whole fucking fleet of because ships. Riker show, and, and if you, that's um, the the copy and paste fleet because it's all the same yeah, that's all what, shit. I, that's another thing yeah. that really pissed me <laughs> that, off. Yeah. That pissed I, a lot of people. I've been off watching actually. Star
0: Trek, and I don't want to be a Trekkie nerd, but every time you saw a fleet assemble in Star Trek, there's a multitude of different ships, and they just like got the same ship, which apparently is some new ship that nobody's ever heard about. That <laughs> Riker's what, like, watch what, season two. Okay, I mean, I, I, again, I, I I needed a break. I needed to. Yeah. So I'll go back to it. I didn't hate it, but the ending just pissed me off so much.
1: I can understand that. Like, yeah. I, again, I don't disagree with you necessarily. I still enjoyed it. Like There was, there was a lot of member berries in it. Um, I
3: mean, but... it's, I mean it kind of – season two almost has some of the same issues where there are a lot of kind of subplots that are unnecessary.
0: Yeah. And, and here's another thing that I think infuriated me more about the way it ended. I didn't like the whole story arc in Nemesis with B4. Getting Data's memories and shit downloaded into him because I thought that was a sort of cheapening way of like saying, "Well, Data did sacrifice himself. We could always bring it
3: back." Bring yeah, I mean, him. they did well, the same it, thing with Spock.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> this one because it was more like you know he's an android, so he'll just he'll just be Data. So I kind of liked how they fixed that in Picard, where Data's
1: he's like, "No, I, he's I like, want no,
0: to. I want my sacrifice to be my sacrifice," and that was awesome. My sacrifice. So then, right after that. <laughs> Is Hello, when, my friends. I'll right. die again. But like right <laughs> after that, that's when Picard does his shit where they make him into an android. I'm like, well, they just fixed one problem and they created a whole another one.
1: I mean, the the show is called Picard, and they had you knew they had greenlit a season two. So but they, I did
0: not think they were going to give him a new body and make him an android, which
3: is what happened at the end. I'm just going to tell you that they they don't really dwell on that.
1: No. I, they
0: better not, because mm-hmm. I mean I mean. But I'm going to be watching season two thinking that he's not Picard. He's not, he's not
1: Picard. He, Picard died. He's an android.
3: But yeah. it's the same memories.
1: His, his mem- so when someone gets, goes to the transporter, <laughs> that's right. disassembled. That's not the same and then thing. And they get reassembled. There's a lot of transporter ethics conversations at all. That's not the same thing. I know Glenn, Glenn knows about this. Yeah, oh. another transporter. No, no more Star Trek for today. Sadness. So you spent a couple of days with Star Trek. Who spent five days at Memorial I watched the first episode. Does, does anybody else start
0: this?
3: No. No. I couldn't do it. As tonight. I sit here
0: looking at Glenn as he like rubs his face, because, yeah, I felt the same way. I, I turned on Apple TV, and I saw, like, the, I don't know if the first three episodes dropped at once, but I saw there were three episodes. Um, so me and my girlfriend were sitting around one night, and I was like, oh. And she's like, what? I was like, look what's came out. She's like, ooh, you want to watch it? I'm like, oh, no. I don't know if I got it in me or tonight. So then I told her, I'll like, tell you what. I, I'll do one. I'll do one. <laughs> we'll do one episode tonight. And uh, I watched the first episode, and uh, it's really good. Um, the first episode is not too, too bad. Um, it it opens with you know, um, the the crews going
3: through the wreckage of Post Well, Katrina. explain to our listeners what it is in case they don't know. Uh,
0: well, Baptist Memorial Hospital um, during Hurricane Katrina they were housing you know hospital patients and a lot of the elderly and uh, during the storm they got cut off and I'm only talking about this based on just watching episode one and what you see from the trailers is that they were basically stuck there for five days no electricity no power so patients who were on ventilators and whatnot, they don't have anything to keep them alive so evidently when the crews were going through um, after post-Katrina, they found somewhere an upwards of like 45 dead bodies in this hospital. And I believe – I don't know the exact story, but it's believed that some people may have been euthanized, um, I guess, to sort of save them from going through, you know, days of pain. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. But the show in the first episode just sort of leads up to the storm. And uh, it's – it's a really good first episode. They did a good job of combining visual effects with actual news footage of the storm and what happened. Okay. But uh, we all have seen that famous shot of the Superdome with the roof all torn off. They do a really cool digital shot of the whole roof getting ripped apart.
1: Combine one of those cupcakes with my hand.
0: Greg wants a cupcake while the we talk about Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> um, but the first episode basically talks about um, they they're like the, the, the hospital crews having a meeting. They're talking about, you know, this is where the crisis management team and here's our plan. Everybody's got their division heads and it seems like they all have a well-oiled machine. And then when the storm starts, this one guy's like, you know, we have all our generators in the basement, right? And the woman's like, yeah, we've always had our generators there. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, we can, this storm is, we, our hospital's been here for decades. We've never had any problem. He's like, yeah, with wind. But if we flood, where do you think the water's gonna go? Into the basement. And if we lose the generators, we lose power. And her face is like, what do you mean if we flood? And he's like, he says in the first episode, I told you guys this after the last storm, and y'all, and then it's like, nobody paid any attention to what I was saying, that we got a major problem if this thing floods. And he mentions, like, if the levees break, and we get too much water, we're not gonna be able to to support the, the, the power. We're gonna lose everything. And the episode sort of ends with the power going out. And they're all like, oh, fuck. So... It doesn't get too, too dark. It's all very ominous. and But uh, it's it's really, really well done. Um, it's a shame that Apple TV is such an exclusive type of a thing because their shows are amazing. And I feel like a lot of people can't find Apple TV or don't have access to it. And uh, it's really good. Like, I mean, you think about Severance yeah. and, and those other Apple TV shows. Like, this is going to go right Oh, yeah. I mean, this is really good. I'm going to finish it. It may take me a while. Uh, because it's, I'm sure it's going to get really rough. Because um, I mean, especially, I mean, we're, we're in New Orleans. We're in New Orleans. We've lived through this. But, um, you know, there's a lot of elderly people who were established as characters, which I'm sure things are not going to go well for them by the end of this thing. Uh, but it, it's it's really, really well done um, so far. The guy who was in, um, uh, in Deadwood, um, Swearingen's partner, Sorry. the guy who was in Scream, um...
2: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: he's, I mean, one of, he's one of the doctors.
1: you of the guy that plays Tim, Warren Tim, Tim, in, uh, this, in There's this. Something About Mary? Yep. Yeah. Uh,
3: not Timothy
0: Oliphant. <laughs> no, not No. It. So uh, it, it's worth checking out so far. Um, but you better be ready for an emotional ride. That's all I can say.
1: Well, something that's worth checking out that is an emotional ride and that you can watch all of now is Better Call Saul. Yeah. I right, finished so, it, right? I
3: finished it. And I, I'm currently in the middle of season five, so we'll spoil it for Glenn either? now. Six. 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 So I'm almost there. I, I flew through season four in a week, so it's...
1: So we're going to do our best to dance around things here for Glenderman, because I don't want to spoil this after watching the season for him, but oh, fuck.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't... Um, is, is it a sequel or a prequel? A, a mixture. Kind of both. So the series, when it begins, Ryan, it starts with... You remember in Breaking Bad when he said, I'll probably be running a Cinnabon right. somewhere? Well, he's running a Cinnabon in, in Nebraska. And it picks up with it, this black-and-white version of his life in the, what would be the present, or six months after everything happened. And then it keeps flashing back to the beginning of, like, before he... Like, five or six years before he met Jesse and uh and Walt. When he
2: first becomes a lawyer. Yeah. And his name is Jimmy McGill back then.
3: Which he mentions that on Breaking Bad, that his mm-hmm. name is Jimmy McGill. But, yeah, they're, they're, and it's... I will say that the way that they... um. Separated with the black and white and the color, it's it's very easy to follow in like the the two time periods. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. I I I liked his character in Breaking Bad, but I, he
3: I didn't love him. I, I didn't think he deserved his own show.
1: Trust, Trust me, I, I thought the same. So there's a lot of the times where like you'll have a spinoff character that doesn't work for a long form thing, and I can see how you might have thought that. Um, but give the show a chance because there are times I think it's better than Breaking. I think it's Bad. on Netflix, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm
2: watching. Yeah. And I mean and it is wh- while it is overall uh Saul Goodman's like prequel story, it's also the prequel story for a lot of other characters like Mike Ermintrout and Gus Fring, the Salamanca's. So I mean you
1: yeah, like if you want to find out why uh Hector Salamanca's in the chair, this will address that. Um but more so it introduces you to a lot of characters that we don't get to see in Breaking Bad, but like their presence you find out is felt. Um his brother his brother like you know Chuck is played by Michael McKeon, is a is a phenomenal force in in his development. Basically, this relationship where his he was always taken up for his his loser brother, and he doesn't trust when his brother makes these because he's seen it before him trying to make good for himself, which motivates Jimmy to kind of just cheat as much as he can. Um, there's also Ray Seahorn plays uh, Kim Wexler, She's who's so good. She. She's – I'll just fucking say it now. She's going to be my awesome villager pick for this week. Uh, but she is a, a phenomenal – like y- you see her struggle with loving this man and also not knowing what to do with that because she sees the darker side and what they bring out in each other. Um, and this show, when it finally catches up, when it finally became just all in you know, Jimmy's present or Saul's present, it added a capper that I didn't know I needed to Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm.
2: And I also like to mention Patrick Fabian as Howard Hamlin. Patrick was,
1: Fabian's Howard Hamlin he is was a so good in the show. Yeah, yeah. another I character that you but... didn't
2: know from Breaking Bad. But yeah, and the the Salamancas, Lalo Salamanca. I
1: mean, well, Lalo Salamanca is one of my favorites. Yeah. In the entire series, that like, and again, there's there's characters that are brought in for a few, like Nacho Vargas. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the you, you see all these threads, and then they kind of come together. The last season had a lot of like little nods to Breaking Bad and the little cameos that would pop up, um, certain things that would appear. Like Glenn recently watched the episode where Hank, yeah, and Hank. Gomi,
3: yeah, they, they yeah they show up. They oh. show Do You up. think Breaking Bad is the best uh, spinoff series? Huh? Wait. Oh, you mean is Better Call Saul the best? Oh yeah, that's what I meant. Spinoff series. I, it's
1: it's definitely high up there. If you're somebody- it's
3: good. I'm I'm not finished it yet, but so I'm. What are some I'm, other what, Frasier? Frasier. Uh, I mean, how many spinoffs were there of Happy Days? And we'll yeah. learn Wasn't it Sunday is a,
2: a spinoff? Yeah, of All in the Family. Yeah,
3: yeah. W- was Sanford and Son a spinoff? Sanford and Son, I don't think so. Was or w- not? Or there was a spinoff of Sanford and Son. San-
1: Sanford and Son is a remake of a British show called Steptoe and Son. Okay. Yeah.
3: No. But there was a spinoff of Sanford and Son, right?
1: There was a couple. Okay. There was a uh, Sanford because you know the, the actor Devon Wilson left. There was also the Sanford Arms, which is the when he bought uh, Julio's house and turned it into a was boarding it, house.
3: Was, was Maud a spinoff of something?
1: Um,
0: yeah, um, Mama's family. Ah, uh, really? Or, or Mama's family was a spinoff of Maud? One or the other?
1: No, Maud's not yet. No, because be like I think Mama's family actually
2: came from the Carverne Show.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, one of them is. I know there there some kind of way it's a spinoff. Don't forget
1: about Joey. And then there's Maud. Mm.
2: Was one of them Maud from Mary Tyler Moore? Maybe.
1: Mary Tyler Moore had some spinoffs. Mod was a spinoff of Good Times. Why, why the fuck don't we do like a, a spinoffs we should feature one time? I mean, we certainly can. Well, I mean, the ultimate spinoff show. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can tell you this: like Breaking, like, like break, Better Call Saul, is high, high up there as yeah. far as like spinoffs go. Again, I'd put it on like is. I think the the benefit that Better Call Saul has is it went in with a very clear plan, and the other so, like Breaking Bad suffered from. Uh, Nothing. From a couple, no, there was a couple rider strikes that forced them to kind of. I, I could say
3: that without hesitation. I would say the first two, maybe three seasons of Better Call Saul are better than the first two seasons of Breaking Bad. I yeah, it did Breaking Bad? It was a slow burn. Yeah, yeah, I can
1: I see that. Oh, that fourth season of Breaking Bad is. Oh yeah, that, vicious. They got really good, but. Um... Which, uh, it, definitely, Ryan. You should you should give it a yeah. watch. It's, I mean,
0: it's it's done. I mean, by the, if I were if you were to start binging on Netflix now, you could probably by the time you get to the end, season six will be there, right? Probably.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, if not, the way that season five ends, you'll be fucking pissed. Um, a league of their own. See, so, yeah, I watched this. this you is, watch this movie? It's, it's an old movie. I, this is a television there's, <laughs> series. There's no crying in baseball. With, with, I, uh, I know Darcy Carden's in it, and I love her. Yes. So,
3: um, so yeah, this is an Amazon show. It's a um, reimagining of um, the uh, 1992 film um, about the uh, World War II era uh, women's professional baseball league. Um, because the men went to fight the war. That's right. And... Um, so, uh uh the uh, a candy bar billionaire decided to fund this league, this this female league to keep uh, you know, baseball around in the United States. So the show, um this is a much if you're expecting the, the, the Gina Davis movie, this isn't this isn't that.
0: Um I picked up that from the trailer, yeah, which is the, why I didn't this is,
3: watch it. This is very gritty. Like there's a lot of this is not a show for kids there's a lot of cursing there's a lot of adult uh yeah games. i
0: i say this just from what I saw in the trailer and i don't mean it necessarily in a bad way yeah, go. If this is it looks woke lots of um, lots of modern all right so
3: this is what i'm gonna say um i'm not gonna specific, i'm not gonna completely disagree with you but all right so there's a scene in the um there's one scene in the movie where they're practicing and one of them throws the ball and a um, a, uh, a black woman catches it, and she kind of throws the ball like way farther than she should, and someone catches it and they're like, "Wow!" And they all kind of they kind of nod at each other and she leaves. It's almost like that was the genesis of this, where there's um, a, a whole plot about like Negro Leagues and stuff like that, um, and um, so it's not about like the the start of the league. It's like. Oh, uh, it starts with the the main character who's played by Abby Jacobson, which I I hadn't really seen her before. Apparently, she was on the uh, Broad City. She was one of the, uh, she's on that, and it's it's very similar to a scene in the movie of her trying like throwing her bags on the train as it's leaving, um, and she gets to Chicago to try out, and she meets uh, Darcy Carden from The Good Place, and um, she that, like there are a lot of kind of similar characters to ca- then. Than uh, from uh, characters in the movie, but uh, none of the it's not the the same. No, Jimmy Dugan. No, I haven't even gotten to the. I've just watched the first episode, so I haven't gotten to the part where they um, the coach shows up. Um, I will say the um, the guy that plays the, um, the 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 Hershey Bar guy is uh, is it Kevin is it, is it Dunn the guy from Kevin Dunn, Kevin yeah. Dunn from um, Star of Echoes. So it's not Harvey Barr. It's, they just they 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 call them candy bars. So I don't. That's all. They're they're very kind of.
0: Which I don't know if it was Hershey. Uh, I mean I I don't in the movie they call them uh, Harvey bars. Yeah, they do.
3: And then the um the guy that plays the David Strathairn character. Yeah. Is um Nat Faxon or Nate Nat Nate, Nate Nat, Nat, Nat Faxon. Faxon. Uh, he's one of the ones that wrote and directed the way way back. Um, which he's actually he was very good. But the girls have a good chemistry in it so far. Like I said, I've just watched the first episode. Um, it does get into some um. Some storylines involving um, gay people and people of color, but it's uh, it's interesting. The the baseball scenes are very well shot. I'll say, um, so and the girls all so far have very good chemistry. They they had female Negro leagues back then. It seems like that that's where the because like, one shows uh, there's a um when someone shows up to try out and they're like we we don't integrate our, our team. And she—it's pretty clear that she's better than most of the people in the team. And when she leaves, she goes to meet with her boyfriend and one of her best friends, and they—they're they're talking about starting a female Negro League. And I
0: wonder if that's factual. That's—I'm—I'm right. kind of curious. I mean, I know like they take you know liberty with stuff. But I, don't, I don't remember ever hearing about a female Negro League. I mean, the,
3: the that names, would be interesting. The Negro I,
0: leagues are very famous because right. it's like they had like some great players who never right. even got the chance to play in the big leagues. So
3: it seems like it's—that's um, that's where it's—it's kind of going, but. um... I mean, like I said, it's. I've just seen the first episode. It was. It was enjoyable. I thought it was maybe a little long in the tooth, but it was setting everything up. So I'm. Is gonna it give, funny at all? There are some funny scenes in it, but overall, it's just very gritty. That's the thing. Like the trailer didn't look very funny, and the, the... There's some funny characters in it. Let's put it that way. But um, and again, the, I just watched the first episode where it was setting a lot. Did of you like it? Up. I. I mean, I. Let's. I, I wasn't in love with it because I love that movie. But um it was it intrigued me enough where I watched the first three. Hey Jimmy, I especially like that move in the fourth inning when you scratch your balls for an hour. Oh
0: anything worth doing is worth doing right.
1: <laughs> here, here. And speaking of doing things right, a little show premiered on the Disney Plus called She Hulk Attorney at Law. Oh
0: really? I can't wait to hear y'all talk about this.
1: I thought it was delightful.
0: I agree.
3: So
2: it's I mean it's very light. I mean it's and it was it was advertised before I even watched it as the first Marvel comedy series.
3: So this is what I'll say. Tatiana Maslany and Mark Ruffalo have amazing chemistry. They really do. Um, and you're right. The show, was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Um, it looks like
3: shit to me. Just like from the trailers. Me, now, but... I'm not saying
0: I'm, it is. I'm just simply it, saying you just from have what to know, I saw.
3: You have to know what you're getting into. It's just think of Allie McBeal with the with the Hulk. But then I heard...
1: this. This is what I wanted Captain Marvel to be.
3: It's very... Like I said, I, it was Tatiana Sani. She, she was great. Did uh, they fix the visual effects?
1: Yes. I thought the visual effects were They did? Fine. They really Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I kind of think what they showed was like almost there. Like that, that, Marvel does that a lot where like they'll show works in progress. Well, because
3: yeah, they kind of have to put well, a troll I, I know there was
1: a She-Hulk character, but did we need this? Like, do we need a She-Hulk? After you watch it, I, I kind of think we do. Like, they're trying to set up the next uh, phase of things, and I think changing the dynamics a little bit helps. Uh, like... This character, like in the comics, she's uh, she's Bruce Banner's cousin, uh, and there's some sort of blood transfusion or something like that, and she gets the powers, and she's you know an attorney. So like her identity is a little bit more public. Uh, you know she's kind of she can change at will. She doesn't have Bruce's issue is he has multiple personality disorder. He has a dissociative identity disorder from when he was a kid, uh, and his dad used to abuse him. So that's where like the the Hulk persona comes from, and it's why he has to kind of blend them together. Where she doesn't have that problem. So this follows a similar like tack and addresses some of the issues that we had from you know where the Hulk ended up in the previous you know time we saw him, uh, but the other thing is that it's it's executed in such a way where she's a very likable character. She is. She is very likable. Like it, incredible. Like I I would follow. Like she at the beginning it talks. She it's breaking the fourth wall. She talks to the camera. Um, but it's it's also her talking about yeah I'm not I don't really want to be a superhero but I want to be a lawyer this is what I'm good at, and and I, I I've never read an an issue of She Hulk but I did a little research and it seems
3: like they're sticking pretty clear to the yeah spirit of the the books right one hundred
1: percent
2: and they're also using this too because she's in the New York legal world and they're reintroducing uh, Matt Murdock well is she in the New York legal world because I thought she was something about L.A. I thought they they were in la her and bruce were in la and then he brought her down to mexico but i thought she was in new york i thought Uh, maybe i'm wrong about that
3: i mean i think
1: we'll we'll find out yeah Yeah. we'll find
3: out because i mean most of this is her set it's like she like so it starts with her kind of addressing the the camera kind of like ferris bueller saying so this is how this happened to me and then most of the first episodes kind of the flashback of how she became the she hulk and everything and then it She's in a courtroom at the end, so I mean, yeah. I guess the courtroom could be anywhere.
2: Okay. Yeah,
3: I'll take y'all word for it. I have no interest in this. You,
2: right. you don't really watch any of these Marvel shows. I've,
0: uh, yeah, they've they burned me out. Of
1: you, you need to take a while. I you will say watch this: Moon Knight. In this, I was gonna, I was gonna
0: say, like, if there was one that I was, I will go back and binge. It'll be Moon Knight, based on like I know you and Glenn and John, y'all talked about how great it was. So I mean. I could go back and see that. I could see myself being it, but this She-Hulk.
2: And watch Watch Hawkeye around Christmas because mm-hmm. it's like a little Christmas fun. Little and then,
0: thing. like I heard about the the end credit and mid credit scene, which seems ridiculous to no end. It's kind of funny. Yeah, because just because really it's an on-
3: it's it's kind of an ongoing joke through the show.
2: But also, it's on. You're watching it on TV, so you can just fast forward right through it. You don't have to like wait till the end. of the I episode. do love
0: that. That like the episode doesn't technically go to like oh, play next episode until the stupid scene shows up. You don't get that in a movie theater,
1: unfortunately. You That's very can't true. Can't fast forward. I really like it. Like honestly, if you get a, if, I mean, I'm glad y'all liked it, but I just it if, does not. If, it's just, you, it's if, just, if you decide to take a take yeah. a chance on, it, I don't think you'll be disappointed.
3: Yeah, it's just it's different, and I think this is why yeah. Marvel's staying around for so long is they're they're doing different stuff. And I mean, don't this, go into
2: like it expecting Avengers or even an Incredible Hulk it's, movie. It's, I mean, it's, it's not like that. It's Ali McBeal.
3: It's yeah. It's well, a, I didn't watch that either. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a half hour sitcom.
1: Well, another half-hour sitcom is House of the Dragon. (laughs) That is not true. Except that it's
2: an hour, and it's not a sitcom. Um,
1: Did we we all watch
2: this?
0: this? No, I did not. I tried to. I I just didn't have enough time to get to it. Didn't have enough time. Because when we record, we we literally have 24 hours less than that to to get it watched.
1: That's why I made a priority to watch it last night. We sent Josiah upstairs and was like, you go up there and play on your computer. Was it as as
0: gratuitously sexual as
1: it was?
2: There's an an orgy scene in it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah
3: watching it tonight you get to to see a doctor who sonic screwdriver
1: awesome (laughs) um here's the thing about this show um you can if you want the entire story is written already um this is a story george rr martin has already written in the fire and blood books and all that kind of stuff like in shorter form but like we know what happens to all these characters but the cool thing about this show um the first episode, I would compare it to the first episode of Game of Thrones and how it's paced. Mm-hmm. It's good. They could be a little slow and partially introduce a lot of characters. Uh, but, like, this is a very interesting period, and I really, really like what they've done with it. Like, dragons are just kind of normal.
3: I do like how it opened with that, um, the, the text.
0: Yes, that was, I, I did see the opening. That was really well done. Yeah. To so, sort of let you know where we are in this world. Really clearly. No questions. Now you yeah. know.
3: All right. And, um,. It, I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. this is very cinematic um, and very graphic. Um, though, the one kind of thing I will say, and I mean, this is just the first episode, I'm not really sure if, like, there aren't really any likable characters yet. I thought the female was supposed to be the hero. I mean, you don't really get to meet her. I mean, you can't meet her. You don't really get to know her yet. It's just the first episode. Well, and I
1: can tell you this, like, one of the things that, that I found very uh, interesting is Risa Fawn's. I do like him. He reveals himself to be a very chameleon-esque actor because mm-hmm. even like his voice, he didn't sound like Risa Fons in this. Um, and his his character of Otto Hightower, that is, what I like about it is it's fleshing out other parts of, of Westeros. Like, the Hightowers are the people who run Old Town, which is where all the maesters come from.
3: Um, so he's not an um, ancestor of Hightower from the Police Academy? No, so. no, no.
0: I was talking with a friend of mine um, about Game of Thrones. He's a big Game of Thrones fan like I am. And he, we were talking about how it's like a, it's like the perfect bingeable show because we talked about when you watch it from episode to episode, like the the names that are constantly mentioned, it's it comes so fast and you don't really remember because they're crazy names. But like when you binge it after you've seen the whole thing, he was telling me before like he he watched like the first couple episodes when he rewatched the series. He's like, oh man, they mentioned a lot of the people who are important later on, like in the very beginning, but I didn't pick up on all that.
1: What's funny about what you said about uh, your friend it being a bingeable show, I never really found a problem with remembering all the names necessarily. Well, it's just that they're weird names. Well, I mean, the, the first episode of this, I, I found a little bit of trouble with it because.
2: Because they're all Targaryens, and all the Targaryen names have are really, similar. Yeah.
1: And they all Ren- kind of look alike. Renera yeah. and Rhaenys and the Punanus. I kind of had the same problem
0: <laughs> the first time I saw the Green fellow. Anus. Yeah. Bar- <laughs> Bar- anus. anus. I had the same problem with Lord of the Rings. Uh, in Fellowship I was having a hard time remembering characters' names just because they're so unusual but
1: Loose Anus (laughs) Loose Anus
0: (laughs) oh
1: we're just just making them up
0: yeah I was about to say that's going to be my favorite character if that's real that would be
1: would be phenomenal (laughs) yeah like I I really like I was very very fond of uh of this first episode a couple people at work today were like oh I thought it was boring and I'm like it, it was a, a lot like the first I episode of Game of Thrones. Kind of I didn't think it was boring at all, yeah. So there's nothing boring about yeah, it. Yeah, there's,
3: a, without giving spoilers, there's a birth scene that was terrifying.
1: Yeah. Really well cut, though. Yeah. Obviously, I don't, I don't <laughs> think
0: people were as upset about the end of Game of Thrones as we initially heard everybody bitching about, because they sure
3: turned out in droves to see well, this. What? They, HBO did the right thing. You give everyone time cool. to cool down, and then people just remember the good stuff. And
1: then they'll be ready for the Jon Snow show that's coming.
0: Are they not doing they, they said they're not doing the Arya story or
1: No like, currently the only one that we can confirm is this one and then Jon Snow. Which is, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that too. I wanna to find out what happens beyond the wall.
2: It's more Torment Giants.
1: Torment Giants vein. vein, yeah. Maybe we'll fuck some more bears. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll do a, a
3: thing with remember we mentioned trading places the villain got raped by a gorilla. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: But you, but you don't have Egret in the show anymore because she died. So she's not going to be there to say, you never mm-hmm. fucked a bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know nothing,
1: Jon Snow. Apparently, he, he does know how to go down. Fucking you know. Ollie. He's such yeah,
0: a, fucking Ollie. He's such a disaster. He fuck, killed Jon Snow's beautiful woman that he loved. And then he fucking killed Jon Snow. And oh, fucking, I'm glad they snapped his fucking
1: neck. <laughs> Jesus. Hung, hung by the neck until dead. A little fucking prick. Look, you know, uh, he will definitely not be the awesome villager. And, uh, <laughs> 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 fucking Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> there, there's
0: your title right there, and,
1: fucking Ollie. <laughs> and uh, we also, we, you won't find out who you know the awesome villager is this week until next time you hear us, because what we're going to do is we've, we've run a bit long here, um, so we're going to cut this episode here, and we will come back and we'll talk about the, the movies from this week, uh, we'll go through some rest in pieces and we'll, we'll declare the awesome villager for... Rests rest in, peace. Rest rest in pieces. Rests in pieces.
0: Yeah, like we're going through our Reese's pieces. I, how do, is
1: there like a, an actual way to say it? I don't fucking I don't RIP, know. RIPs. 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 Yeah. There you go. There we go. People who died. <laughs> People die. <laughs> <laughs> People die at the fair. In memoriams. In memoriams. All right, this has been Greg. Ryan. John. Dylan. We will see you next week.